Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome to another edition of Big Cat Banter. I'm here with Joey Ganzi, and we're going to go over quite a few things. We got a result to our Den of Honor poll, and we have now named the greatest player in franchise history. And coming tomorrow, Florida Panthers development camp is going to start, so we'll get a chance to see some of the the future of the prospects of the team. So... How's everything going, Joey? Everything's fantastic today. Um, been very excited to get back on here. I'm sorry I missed last week, but I'm ready to rock and roll. Yeah, of course. So uh, we're going to rock and roll right into this and uh, talk about the greatest player in franchise history, according to all of the wonderful people listening to this podcast. Um, Alexander Barkov has been named the greatest player in franchise history. What What do you think about that? Understandably so. I mean, the, the moment he showed up in the league, he just he played every night with a chip on his shoulder. He comes in and just leads by example. What he's the the accolades he's hit as a Florida Panther have been unbelievable. He set the single season record, which wasn't broken, which what hasn't been set since like the late nineties, early two thousand. I'm not entirely, I don't exactly remember when it was, but it was Pavel Bure who had it. That's I, I remember who had, it. I just forgot when he did it. That's all. So I apologize about that. Um, but yeah, and he still has a lot more to accomplish. You know, he's probably going to probably going to lead the, um, lead the Panthers all time and goals at some point. He's, He's not that far behind, and if he has a full A2 game season on his belt, it's it's definitely possible for him to break another record or two and maybe cement himself as one of the faces of, of uh, the Panthers' history. Yeah, he is uh, He is currently seven goals behind Ole Jokinen for the all-time goals uh, leader. So he doesn't even need a full 82 season for that. Even if the season was like 25 games, he'll probably get that record. But... um. He currently ranks second in all-time goals, second in assists behind Jonathan Huberto, and he ranks second in points also behind Jonathan Huberto. But Huberto has also been on the team for a little bit longer, so Barkov has played less games played, with Huberto playing 600. No, Huberto playing 591, and Barkov only playing 529. So Huberto has pretty much an, uh, a full season under his belt more than Barkov does. So th- there is the difference there between the two guys where Huberto has had the more games played, but Barkov's not too far behind in points, and he's already ahead of Huberto in goals and can can earn that goals record. And then obviously you have the Selkie Trophy, which Barkov won this season, becoming the first Florida Panther to win that trophy, and the first Florida Panther since, like, Pavel Bure to win a big award like that. I mean, it's 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 absolutely a race though to see who can really take that top that top spot. But I think because of some of the abilities that Barkov possesses, he's got speed. He has arguably the best two way, uh, probably the best two way game in the in the business. And you know, he comes in every night, like I said, leading by example. And on top of that, I think I saw a stat from uh, I forget exactly who it was, but it was that it was that that hockey guy that goes through all the analytics. He pulled Jay the, Fresh. I, I'm so sorry. I forget his name. What is it? I think it's Jay Fresh. Jay Fresh. Yeah, he does a lot of good work. I believe he led the league in takeaways per 60 minutes, or I or something like that. He, like I said, but like so, like I said, 
He's arguably one of the best two-way forwards in the game. And and I think that's going to propel him to maybe even, I'd say, go as far as taking top the leader in points. And on top of that, I'm pretty sure they're going to re-sign him. Fingers crossed, hopefully next season. Yeah, and then he also is going to become the longest-serving captain in Florida Panthers history this season by uh, going into his fifth season. Uh, the longest before that was a tie between three other guys for four seasons. Yeah, Ole Okunin, Pavel Bure, and I want to say Scott Mellenby. It's not Pavel Bure. I know that for sure. Oh, Jesus. I'm going to look like an idiot. I am so sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's, I, didn't, I didn't have that written down either. You're good. But it was okay. a tie between like Scott Mellenby and two other guys. I know that for sure. Yeah. Right. So even then, just just at that, you know, fact alone, he's cemented himself as just a as just the face of the franchise. There's a reason why he has a big, giant sticker cutout on the front of BB&T. You know what I mean? Yeah. Every time you walk into BB&T Center, you see three guys. You see Jonathan Huberto, Alexander Barkov, and Aaron Ekblad. Those are the three guys the franchise is built around, and having Ekblad back next season will be also huge coming into the season. Absolutely. On top of that, I think you're going to get him paired back up with Mackenzie Weger, who I think that's going to be one of the best duos, I think, in in the NHL, because you have two, probably two of some of the best in the league just being on the same line. It's just... You're not only going to have goal scoring, but you're also going to have, you know, actual defense. And you're going to have someone who's willing to step up at the blue line and make a big play when they have to with both Weger and Ekblad. So I think the defense is going to be pretty top, top and pretty top heavy for the most part. The only question mark is going to be, of course, that that second and third pairing. But I think with what we have now, we should we are way better defensively than we were last season. I mean, there's not much of a question mark on the left side of that thir- that second pairing. I mean, Gustav Forsling himself is also one of the more underrated defensemen in the league. He is a very, very good two-way presence. He can carry the puck. He can shoot the puck. He can play very sound defense. So he's not that bad of a number three as well. So there- there's not a question on that left side of the p- defense. And then you also have a guy like Brandon Montour or a guy like Radko Gudis who can step up next to um, Forsling. So there's not that much of a question uh, on that second pairing. It's more on that third pairing because the only two left-handed defensemen on the team are uh, Gustav Forsling and Marcus Nudovara as far as guys who played regularly. And we'll get into some of these left-handed defensemen who are taking part in development camp later. But I think it's more about what the plan is defensively, whether you want to split up Aaron Ekblad and Jonathan Huberto. So you are Aaron Ekblad and Mackenzie Weger. I didn't know Huberto played defense too. Wow, that's really impressive. Yeah, yeah, I I messed up there. If you want to (laughs) split up. Um, Aaron Ekblad and Mackenzie Weger, and then put together Weger and Forsling together like they were last season, which that pairing was very, very big next to each other. And then you go after another left-handed guy, or you trust in a guy like uh, John Ludwig or Matt Kierstead or Max Gildon to be another left-handed guy who can step in then maybe at some point you can decide to do that. 
And I think that last option is probably the direction they're going to go because Matt Kirsten has a very, very high upside. And I think he could, and he's played in NHL games. Granted, he's still kind of raw and still trying to find his footing. But Mark, I think when he comes into the league, he's going to blossom into that high quality defenseman that we've seen with the defensive core. And because they don't have a lot of cap room to work with, and it's clearly obvious they're not really going to go after anyone defensively. And they've already made that sign, they made that clear with the signing of uh, Brandon Montour. So I think they're going to try to, like I said before, go through development camp and take someone off of there and see how it plays out. Montour is a guy who can play on the left side, although you probably do want to have an even amount of left and right-handed guys. But Montour is a right-handed guy who has been able to play on the left side before. So he could be a guy who could play on that third pairing on the left side. Or maybe you play him next to Ekblad on the left side if you decide to put Forsling and um, Uyghur to back together as they were during the stretch of last season. So there are there are a lot of options on the table defensively for the Panthers going into next season. Right, but I think, and this is just personal opinion, I personally believe that the defensive ability of Brandon Montour isn't as good as, say, Aaron Ekblad or Mackenzie Wieger or Gustav Forsling. So I think he probably stays on the second and third on the right side because that's his natural position. As far that so that's why I ultimately think they're gonna bring up someone young and fresh. Or maybe maybe I'm wrong and they're probably cooking like a big trade or something, because Bill Zito has a habit of just waiting for months and just waking up and being like, I'm gonna do something and shock all of the NHL when he does it. Yeah, there is a pretty big logjam in the forward department where a guy like Frank Vetrano or Patrick Hornquist could get moved and they can try to shoot for a defenseman who could work on that left side and could work next to Ekblad because they do have forwards like Anton Lundell and Grigory Denisenko who we'll get into when we start the development camp portion of this who can challenge for that kind of spot. And then if you want to get more of those young guys involved, Alexi Hepanami is another guy that comes to mind here. There's a lot of competition in that forward group. So if you kind of reallocate some of those funds that are being used on the forwards and go grab a defenseman, I think that's a good move. And they still have $1.3 million in cap space left. Yeah, it also doesn't help that Zio decide. And this is, of course, I understand why they brought him in. But it doesn't help that they also went out and signed um, uh, Joe Thornton. So now there's even bigger of a logjam at who's going to be on the opening roster. But I think we're. I think Lundell comes out of that camp, and I do think we may have some spare. And I think we're probably going to have Joe Thornton, maybe one other center that we're going to probably have scratched and probably not going to play all 82 games. But if Zito was so adamant on bringing in Anton Lundell here, I don't see why he can't make the opening roster unless he has unless he comes into camp and just does just flat out horrible. But with what he's done in Liga and what he's done. In international competition, I just cannot see that happening. Yeah, definitely. And you've seen Anton Lundell all over the place for the Panthers. He threw out the first pitch of the Miami Marlins game the other day. So it's obvious that he's a guy that the Panthers want to market and want to have out there. So if he does do good during camp, maybe you see a guy like um, Noel Achari get moved. So 
you would get Joe Thornton minutes, or maybe you kind of play Joe Thornton on the wing some games and have him platoon with a guy like Mason Marchment. There, there's a, a lot of options. I mean, obviously, we've seen the Panthers in the past few seasons kind of shuffle guys in and out of the forward group. Like, even Grigory Denisenko had seven NHL games in last season. So, they, they, they'll make room for you if they if you, they see you fit. Like, we've seen Ryan Lomberg kind of shuffle in and out of the lineup. You've seen, uh, as I said, Mason Marchment shuffle in and out of the lineup as well. So, even with this a lot, this a lot, this um huge amount of depth over the 82 seat game season they'll probably have some guys shuffling in and out absolutely but at this but as as you mentioned with noel char i don't see them really moving him too much i don't think he gets scratched out of lineup unless we're preparing for the playoffs or he's hurt or something like that i think if joe thornton comes in at all he's going to come in at as a winger not necessarily as a center and on top of that you're probably going to see both like we discussed before we're probably going to see Ryan Lomberg probably missing more time than anything when it comes to just being scratched at the line. I don't think he's going to get hurt or anything like that. Because the type of player he is, he's fast, he's quick, but he's more of a playoff performer from what I've noticed. And I think they're going to try to keep him as fresh as they humanly can, assuming we get to the postseason next season. Yeah, and also a uh, quick shout-out to Lomberg as well for the popping the question as well. So the uh, the Lamborghini got a co-pilot, as um, Jamison Olive said on Twitter. So congratulations to Ryan Lomberg on getting engaged. Yeah, seriously. Hopefully it means he'll we'll have a, a little Lomberg, and then hopefully we'll sign him to a contract, and he'll do just as well as uh, Mr. Lomberg himself when he comes up and he's ready for hockey. Yeah, we, we need the entire Lomberg family on the Panthers roster. We, we can't get enough of the uh, physicality he brings in the lineup. We need more of that. Absolutely, but I'm gonna feel bad for that kid because he's gonna because if he when he starts playing pee wee hockey, he's gonna start he's gonna start flying at these other kids and just he might end their careers before they even start. I'm a little concerned. <laughs> oh man, yeah, the the kids in South Florida gotta watch out for the little Lamborghini over there, man. They uh, <laughs> they're no, they're not ready for this, man. <laughs> no, they're not. I I I'm just uh people over at the uh. Little Panthers and Coral Springs, uh, watch out, <laughs> Palm Beach Skate Zone and uh, all those little areas. Be careful. <laughs> yeah, they gotta be careful over there. They gotta train their kids for the little Lamborghini out there. Uh, maybe we'll see some more goal scoring at a little one. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Who knows? Maybe he'll maybe he'll be at the same level as uh, Sydney or uh, Alex Ovechkin. Oh, of course. Uh, he, he has he has the DNA for that. We got um. The greatest player uh, ever, uh, Ryan Lomberg, as his dad. So we'll, we'll have to see. And he did, he's probably going to watch his name get sent up to the rafters probably in the next few seasons. Oh yeah, of course. He he did score that overtime goal. So in the in the playoffs. So and, and, and I, I I think I lost my voice that night. So. <laughs> but but yeah, another uh, big news piece before we get into the development camp. Um, as a lot of you guys who follow me may know, I also cover FAU, so this is a little bit of a crossover episode for me, but big news for the Florida Panthers, they have inked an NIL deal with all 200 women's athletes from FAU, so that is a huge, huge partnership between the school and the Florida Panthers, it looks like 
the Panthers are definitely heavily invested on getting into that FAU market and also helping out female athletes as well. So that's just a huge, huge deal by the Panthers, and I, I think it's very well done. Absolutely. It's a win-win situation for both the athletes and the team itself. For the athletes, they get big, big, big sponsorship that they that they that they pretty much need because um unfortunately, as even though they should be, a lot of these female athlete leagues don't typically bring in a lot of revenue, but I think they should start getting more viewership. So for them getting this sponsorship deal is a it will be a massive, massive pros, um profit for them. And on top of that, it's probably gonna it's gonna look it's gonna make Florida look really good as well. And they're probably going to get see a lot of revenue from them as well. So it's a win-win for both sides. And it's something that, like I said before, is just absolutely nothing short of incredible. And congratulations to all 200-plus female athletes over at Florida Atlantic University. You guys have worked hard, and you absolutely deserve this. Yeah, and just so, as someone who's on campus every day, the Florida Panthers I definitely have seen are – trying to make the the um the universe or Florida Atlantic a place where they market and try to get people to come in so making a deal like this and making themselves known to the student body that they're an entity that cares about them and also having some of these athletes as I was talking to Sam Deller about this be part of marketing the Panthers and bringing in ideas to get more students into the stands of the BB&T Center that's a huge partnership between the two of them that'll bring in more fans of the Panthers from FAU. So it, it's a perfect match between the two of them. I mean, the, um, FAU is only like, what, 20 to 30 minutes away from um, the BB&T Center. So having more people coming in from FAU and packing the stands with FAU students is going to be pretty cool. And then uh, I was talking with Willie Taggart today about this and I don't think he's going to show up during FAU football season, but he, he said we'll see about uh, maybe him showing up to a game during the spring semester. So we'll have to see about that. Absolutely. I'm pretty sure he's pulling your leg. He's probably going to show up and you just wouldn't, and you probably won't even realize it. But um, on top of that, they're in really, really good company. They, they're also going to be part of that same deal as Miami Hurricanes quarterback, De'Ara King, who I wish they did better last week because I don't like Alabama, but I think they'll they'll hopefully be on the upswing. Yeah, I, I wonder if they're going to go after Nkosi Perry next. I mean, I was over in Gainesville last week covering the FAU versus UF game. Uh, I guess we're t- turning this into a little bit of an FAU podcast or a little bit, but uh, got to have a little bit of a crossover episode here. But Perry looked great against that UF defense. He had over 200 yards. He didn't throw an interception. He threw a, a touchdown despite getting – he got sacked six times and he completed over half his passes. So, like, you have a guy at FAU doing stuff like this, and he's also a former Miami quarterback, and he won that starting quarterback job over camp. So, I mean, that's another guy the Panthers could look at to kind of market themselves even more, and he's pretty, he's pretty much the big man on campus at FAU. So – if they kind of go after a guy like Nkosi Perry, that's another big name on FAU's campus that everyone on campus is going to know. And having him be one of those marketable guys for your team, that's another guy that could kind of drive people into BB&T Center, especially you're going after one of the biggest names from a school that's like 
what, 20 minutes away. Yeah. Um, now, before I get into what I have to say, I only say this to bug you. Go Gators, baby. <laughs> hey, we covered the point spread, man. We we made people, <laughs> we made people lose money. <laughs> no, but um, but besides that, uh, but you are right. I think with someone like that being only twenty minutes away from BB and T, I think they really should look into signing him to a big deal because you're gonna get more fans. You're gonna get more people with eyes on who who are these guys and why are they signing all these college athletes? And I think it's going to, like I said, just as it worked out for the 200 female athletes over at FAU, how it worked out for D'Eric King, it's a win-win situation for everyone. So I'm hoping they give him a little a contract sheet in the near future. Yeah, definitely. And I was talking with uh, Sam Doer, the guy that's behind all of this as well, and he said that they're also probably going to be looking into going in for, uh, for athletes not even in the – immediate area but kind of guys with south florida ties or guys who play at uf or fsu so you could see a guy like emory jones from f from uf or maybe even mackenzie milton from fsu after his incredible story so there, there are definitely a lot of directions um the panthers could go with the nil program following this week um, and their announcement to partner with those 200 FAU athletes. So th- there's a lot um, brewing between the Florida Panthers and college sports. Absolutely. I think it's going to just, I, like I said, th- this is definitely not the last we've heard of it. I think it's only a matter of time before, because you know they have a full-on, you know, 23-man roster to hit the ice, worst-case scenario. You know what I mean? I mean, they already do. They have over 200 female athletes. We got a whole team. <laughs> we got like 10 teams out there. They could all have a little bit of a tournament against each other. Who knows? Yeah, lace them up in skates. Put them on the ice. Let's see it. I- I'd pay money to see that. Yeah, let's, let's get them all on the ice. Yeah, there's over 200 of them. We can have a whole tournament of the 10 teams or however many you can build out of them. So, I mean, More they already do have that. There's no other team in sports who has even one of them, and the Panthers already have over 200 now. Yeah, I'd be more than happy to book a flight to West Palm Beach or Fort Lauderdale or Miami, whichever's the cheapest, because I'm, I'm a cheap ass when it comes to flights. And I'd be more than happy to come and see something like that if it happens in the near future. Yeah, definitely. So... The partnership between FAU and the Florida Panthers is definitely there, and it, it will be something to look out for as things go on. But who knows? Maybe we'll we'll see some FAU athletes in the stands during uh, some Panthers games this season. Absolutely. Who knows? We might even see them at development camp. Yeah, true, true. Who knows? I mean, the uh, F- the football team has a game this Saturday, though, against Georgia Southern as uh, – Willie was telling me, he's like, you'll you'll see me uh, at FAU games this Saturday instead of uh, that. So, I mean, we'll see that. But ho- hopefully we'll see some Panthers fans in the stands for uh, FAU's football game as well. I mean, I'll be there on the field. So, well, hopefully that partnership uh, keeps going. Absolutely. Like I said, it's already starting to work wonders for, you know, D'Ara King and those 200 female athletes like we talked about before. So, like, and there's probably a lot of options they could look at. And I kind of wish this started sooner because it could have given a jump start to a lot of the athletes that are, you know, that, that they've already made their they've already made their name famous. But I feel like if it start, if it starts sooner, they could be famous before they even hit the NFL. 
Yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. So, uh, speaking of development camp, which we've kind of beaten into the ground before we've talked about it, we know that is tomorrow, and the Panthers are going to be sending 23 guys out there to um, show their worth over the next four days at Coral Springs in um, the Panthers' ice den. And then from September 18th to the 21st, I believe, they're going to go to Wesley Chapel and to par- and participate in the uh, tournament um, between the team's prospect pools. I believe Tampa Bay, Dallas, um, Nashville, and I think it's Tampa Bay, Dallas, and Nashville. Who will also yeah, I don't up. think there's a fifth team. Yeah, it's Tampa Bay, Dallas, Nashville, and then the Panthers, who are going to be there. So... It should be an interesting, um, interesting uh, way to see it. But uh, off the top of your head, who is the one guy you want to see the most from during that camp? Matt Kirstead, because he's has seven games of NHL experience, and I think he's starting more and more to hone his skills. There was a reason he was the top available free agent from the NCAA, and I think he's going to show why that was in this upcoming development camp. He did struggle a little bit, like I said, in the NHL, but I'm it's it's not too late for him to turn around, and I think he has a very, very high upside. And like I said before, everyone's going to see it on display both at camp and in the tournament. Yeah, he's, he's an excellent playmaker. He had 22 points in 29 NCAA games, and of those 22 points, 19 of those were assists. So he's a smart hockey player. He knows where to pass the puck, and he's pretty good in gap control. He's able to stop um, odd man rushes, and I think he can translate a lot more of that. But having that extra time during development camp to get um, his legs under him and get used to the NHL ice and playing in some competition that is like pretty high NHL-level caliber prospects, especially during that tournament, I think that's going to be big for him too. Absolutely. So if it might give him that extra leverage to go into the NHL and succeed. So he's going to need to take down notes and he's going to need to do this as much as he can for the start of next season. Yeah. And then there's, there's two other left-handed guys. I, I like seeing uh, compete for that last roster spot too on the Panthers. You got John Ludwig who had two goals and eight points in 13 AHL um, games last year. Uh, before that, he was the captain of the Portland Winterhawks at the WHL, and he put up an incredible 62 points uh, in uh, just like 60 WHL uh, games. I, I put down OHL, but it's WHL. I'm stupid. But um, he had 45 assists. He's another really good playmaker, but he can shoot the puck. He's good in transition. He's a he's a very fast defenseman as well. So Ludwig is another guy I'd like to look at. And then you have Max Gildon, who actually did get to play more AHL games than a lot of the guys on the Panthers just because he's on loan with the Bakersfield Condors. He played in 32 AHL games. He had two goals and 17 assists for 19 points. So those three guys between Kirstead, Ludwig, and Gildon – those are the guys that are going to be competing for, I guess, a third spot as a left-handed defenseman on the Panthers between... Because right now, Marcus Nudavara and Gustav Forsling are the only two left-handed defensemen on the roster. 
Right. So that opens a massive, massive door of opportunity for for Gildon, Ludwig, and Kirstead to just break through and immediately seal a roster spot because I don't see Nudavar holding it for very long. Like, he didn't even play – even in the shortened season, he didn't play all 55 games. So I think that, that roster spot is absolutely up for grabs. Yeah, and then and two other guys we were talking about before – uh, who could break into that NHL roster on offense. You have Grigory Denisenko, who looked very good in the AHL last season, scoring five goals and nine points in 15 AHL games. And he also added four assists in his first seven NHL games. So even um, with that deep NHL roster the Panthers had last year, Denisenko did work his way into the NHL roster, and he did look like he was ready. He's a very fast playmaker. He can shoot the puck. He can add a lot of dynamic elements to that top six, or I mean, even the body third line right there. So if he can break into that roster, he can be a very, very useful element for the Panthers. And then you have Anton Lindell, who we've all just beaten to the ground at this point over the last few weeks, ever since he came over from Finland. He was incredible playing against professionals in Finland, scoring 16 goals and 26 26 points or 25 points in 26 games in Liga. And then he had six goals and 10 points during the World Junior Classic and playing seven games. And then he put he he added another seven points and four goals in 10 games during the World Championship. So the kid can score goals. He's a very excellent shooter. He knows where the he knows how to get in position and where to find the guys he has to pass to. He's incredible in both aspects of the game as far as offense goes. So he's another guy you want to look at. Another guy you'd say is a, a pretty much a shoe in for the third line center role at this point. But you still want to see what he can do as well. Absolutely. And like I said before, I think he comes in a development camp. I think he just completely shatters the competition. I I think I don't even think it's gonna be close. I think he just immediately comes in, earns that roster spot with, like I said, pre- pretty much no effort. And I think we're all we're now all talking about this is our new third line center. Like th- this guy is legit. His stats make up for it. He's gonna come in and just start dominating. I don't yeah, like I said. I, I think he plays a full eighty two games, and I don't see him unless the injury bars him. I don't see him being scratched on most nights. I don't see him, you know, being thrown to the AHL. But Grigory Dasenko, I think he needs some more playing time, so I think he's going to end, unfortunately, I think he's going to get thrown in the AHL and, you know, play some games down there. But if Vetrano were to be traded or if something major happens where there's that third-line spot opened up, I think Dasenko comes in and fills that. Yeah, and then you could – I mean, first of all, you got to knock on wood for what you said about um, Lundell. I mean, injuries are a big thing, and, I mean, we haven't seen the kid at the NHL level yet. So, I mean, yeah. we can't catch – you can't count those chickens before they hatch, but it certainly my, does look me, like – Me and my big mouth, right? <laughs> yeah, it does certainly look like he's ready, but you, you want to see it happen on the NHL surface. We've seen him play at the European level – but the NHL game is a little bit different from the European game. So you want to see him kind of develop those traits over to the NHL and see how that they happen. But he definitely does have very translatable traits between the, the European game and the NHL. So he's a guy you definitely want to watch. And then, I mean, who knows? I mean, if Denisenko performs 
as well as we think he can, uh, he could force a trade to happen. I mean, we've seen Vitrano get shocked before. He being he uh, he was almost one of the pieces included in the Sam Reinhardt deal before it kind of just ended up being um, Devin Levi and that first round pick. So uh, we know that Belzito probably isn't afraid to shop a guy like Frank Petrano, who has a, he only has a year left on his contract anyways, and he probably isn't a guy that's going to be a part of the Panthers' future when they have a guy like Denisenko who's on the verge of being a talented player on the team. And then you also have a guy like Alexia Heponiemi. So th- there are guys like Vitrano and then also Noah Achari, who also only has one year left on his contract that could be on their way out. Yeah, I think I think they if I were Bill Zito, I'd try to look into re-signing um, Achari. But I think Vitrano, I think he, if he doesn't get traded by this year, I think he walks or he gets dealt at the deadline. It ultimately depends on how well Florida does this season, which I don't think they're going to do too bad. I think... They're absolutely going to be a playoff team. Um, they have the talent to do so. But if Vetrano continues what he did last season and just comes in, just starts being the Mr. Clutch that he was last season, it's going to, it might be a lot harder to part ways with him than we make it sound like. Yeah. It's definitely a situation the Panthers have to manage just because they have so much talent on their team. And, We'll have to see how that goes. But speaking of uh, talent in the prospect pool, they they might have added another one as an unrestricted free agent. I mean, they invited Trevor Wong to be one of the uh, invitees to the camp. And he was ranked 90th uh, among North American skaters by NHL Central Scouting. And despite that, he wasn't um, picked in the draft. I mean, he does stand at uh, five foot nine, 145 pounds, but he looked he looked very impressive in the WHL last year, scoring 16 points in 16 games, with six of those being goals. Uh, what do you um, think about Wong? Unfortunately, I don't know too much about the kid. I wish I did a lot more research on him personally, so I apologize for my lack of research. But I mean, if he can dominate in the WHL, he absolutely brings something to the table over at development camp. Um, I don't know if he's going to turn a lot of heads, but, you know, I mean, I've been wrong before. So I think he comes in. I think he absolutely can make some sort of impact. Um, although I'm afraid he might get cut because of his size. He, you say to yourself he's only 5'9". He's only 145 pounds. Unless they put him on some sort of really big forward role, I don't know if – they'll probably take one look at him and be like, hey, you're too short. You can't play, which I hope they don't do. I, I think that's wrong if they did it, but – you know, the NHL's a business, and they do what they see as fit. Yeah, I mean, there's still a while until he's NHL-ready, but, I mean, if he does perform up to standards during development camp, they could offer him a contract and kind of see how he does in the WHL and uh, kind of have him in their prospect pool. So that's something that they could have in the back pocket and see if he can at least develop more size as far as uh, getting that weight up and adding more strength. But the kid's an incredible playmaker, He's very tenacious, and he um, will give up his body to make the play. So if he adds more strength, his tenacity itself is going to be a very huge plus. So maybe he is someone that could have a future with the Panthers, but we'll have to see throughout development camp. Absolutely. But, like, I mean, like I said, I've been wrong before. Something could come out of nowhere and surprise me. So I'm very happy, though, that they're, that they're bringing someone in with, you know, with – 
you know, with 16 points through 16 WHL games. So he, like I said before, he absolutely brings something to the table, but I think if he does get offered a contract, he probably stays in the WHL and he, or maybe even gets upgraded to the AHL. But I don't think we see him on the roster for a few years if he does end up getting that far. Yeah, he, he's a project for sure. So we're not going to see him for a couple of years. The Panthers are a very deep organization. But just to bring in another guy who could have a future, he's a young guy and could fill in a depth role at some point throughout his career. I mean, and the tenacity he brings to the lineup is something you can't find from a lot of guys. He's a guy that's willing to do whatever it takes to win. So having a winning player like that who's very young is a good thing. That's a plus for the Panthers. Absolutely. And so, I mean, ultimately developing camp starts tomorrow, and then we can probably really pencil in our true rosters then. But as I mentioned before, I think it's great that we have another body at, at camp that was invited was impressive enough to be invited by the Panthers themselves. I love how you just knocked over everything as we're trying to record. I was trying to plug my computer in. I guess I had to mark this time to cut that out. But (laughs) Okay. But uh, anyways, that should do it for this week's episode. I mean, we, we got a lot off the plate on development camp and we should see more next week about what we want to see and how things go before we get into the tournament in uh, on the on the 18th so next episode we release will be two days before they go into the tournament so we'll have a better idea of how these guys look and more on who we expect to sh- shine during that tournament later but as always, you can find me on Twitter at Colby D Guy. You can find Joey on Twitter at Mr. Jost- Mr. Underscore Joster. And then you can find the podcast itself on Twitter at Big Cat Banter. Uh, and as always, uh, be sure to check out the Hockey Writers. They, we are a part of the Hockey Writers Podcast Network. And we will, um, we, 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 both of us write articles for them. And we will, um, have more content for you as we get ready for the season to start. So have a good one, guys. Take care, everybody. Have a good night.